Good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Doll's Spirited Adventures. My name is Janet, also known as The Doll, and I host this podcast every Saturday evening, and that's 5 p.m. Pacific Time. This week, however, I was recovering, recuperating, whatnot, from my uh, COVID-19 booster, Boy, that thing hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, I just was exhausted. I just exhausted. My arm was very, very sore. And I didn't want to put this off till next Saturday. So it's Monday, everybody. Welcome to Monday. Hope you've had a good one. And uh, work wasn't too chaotic for you. Since it's uh, been over a week since I've been on, I hope everyone um, in America had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Mine was very quiet. It was just me and the TBG, but it was very, very nice also. We had a beautiful meal and um, I really enjoyed it. So I hope you did too. I have a, a wonderful little announcement. Another country has come on board with listeners to my show and that is Sweden. Welcome to you, people of Sweden, listening to my show. And I appreciate you being here. You are the 40th country. Yes, I do keep track. That is now in my listening audience. So, so happy to have you. And please do tell your friends if you uh, are enjoying what you hear. It uh, helps keep me on the air. So, appreciate that very, very much. So, tonight we are in Season 6, Episode 7. How to recognize when your loved one is reaching out from beyond the veil. Sounds very cryptic, does it not? I'm going to break it down for you so it doesn't seem so mystical and mysterious and, you know, full of questions because it can be a little heavy. So we're going to lighten it up, break it down for you, and have it be a wonderful thing to look forward to and not so full of mystery. All right? I'd like to start with a quote, which I find very, very soothing and kind of kind of leads in well to, to what we're doing here tonight. Butterflies hover and feathers appear whenever lost loved ones or angels are near. And that's by Mary Jack found that online. thought that was kind of cool. The candle I have burning tonight by the mythology line is Tree Nymph Palace. It has notes of juiced blood oranges, dark berries, and a hint of light cedar and pine. It's quite lovely. I just lit it before I hit the record button, so not getting a ton. Let's see here. Let me wave it around a little bit. Mm, yeah, it's starting. Wax is starting to melt, so that's always a good sign. Okay, I did pull a card from the uh, Daily Crystal Oracle deck by Heather Askinosi, and I've never, I don't think I've pulled this card before. It's a Mazonite, and I think that may have been mentioned in my notes here, but let's take a look. It says, loosen your grip. There are times when enough is enough. It's time to relinquish control. You don't have to do it all. And what's more, you can't do it all. No one can. 
Some things in life are simply out of our control. Remember your best at any given moment is good enough. It's easy to get stuck in our ways and feel like we might want to interfere with life's greater plan. Mm-hmm. How many of us are guilty of that? Let me just insert myself here. Let me just, you know, do some magic tricks or something, right? Instead, try taking a step back to give space and time for the relationships and situations in your life to develop. Release the idea of how things should be to make room for how things could be. Everything will fall into place if you allow life to unfold in, in an organic way. This is so true. A lot of times we just kind of insert ourselves into situations thinking that we know how to make them better. In reality, we're probably messing with the plan, which is not always a good thing. Core questions. In which areas, area or areas of your life can you release control? How would that feel? Can you trust that the beauty of life often comes from the unexpected? Ooh, that's so true. Okay, here's your affirmation, everybody. I let go of control. Today, delegate a task with minimal instructions and allow life to unfold. Ooh, I like that. Thank you, spirit. That's awesomeness. Wow. Okay. Now, I'm saving the uh, crystals that I'm working with because I incorporated that into the crystals that help you to uh, see the signs from the other side. So, I've got two that I'm working with. One is lapis lazuli. And the other is labradorite. Okay. But we've got uh, two others. And so I'm going to talk about the crystals that help open the crown chakra and your third eye chakra in order to connect with our loved ones who have passed. The first one is Azrite. It's an aura cleanser and chakra healer. Azrite works to remove blockages, keeping your vibrational energy flowing. It is connected to the third eye chakra, the place of our deep intuition. So write that one down. Azrite, A-Z-U-R-I-T-E. That's a good one. Good one. The next one is Indigo Aura. And it's also known as Tanzine, T-A-N-Z-I-N-E. This stone activates the throat chakra, which enhances communication, and also activates the third eye and crown chakra. And it also enhances one's psychic abilities. For those of you who are seeing those uh, abilities come, come to fruition in your own life, that's a good one to work with. So the two stones that I have here that I'm working with tonight, I find extremely helpful. The first one is the Lapis Lazuli, which I've worked with before on, on my show. Quickly releases stress, bringing deep peace and serenity. Encourages taking charge of life. 
reveals inner truths and aids self-awareness, allows self-expression without holding back, teaches the value of active listening. It is also a protective stone which assists in contacting spirit guardians. So that's a good, good stone and it's just a beautiful palm stone. I love this stone so much. The next one is Labradorite, which I work with almost constantly. It's one of my all-time favorites. Bring Labradorite into your life and remember that every day holds a new magic to be discovered, raises your vibration, and invites in new levels of endless possibilities, stimulates intuition, psychic gifts, and ignites spiritual expansion banishes fears and insecurities, and strengthens faith in the self and trust in the universe. A highly protective stone, a bringer of light. And it's got a lot of light in it. Beautiful rainbows, lots of spark. It's a dandy. If you are looking for any particular stones, I mentioned before that I, I work a lot with my friend, Jen over at Zen Jewels. That's Z-E-N-J-E-W-E-L-Z.com. You can find her on the World Wide Web. You can find her on Instagram. You can find her on Facebook. And if you give her the code FREEGIFT7, that's F-R-E-E-G-I-F-T-7, you will receive a free gift with your first purchase with her. And I have heard from from folks that they have received beautiful little gifts with their their first purchase. So I ain't making this stuff up, peoples. (laughs) Okay, I want to give one more quote here and then I'm going to take a quick little break and then we're going to launch into the signs and I'm going to give very specific examples of what I personally, or what loved ones of mine have personally, or friends of mine have personally, um, witnessed or experienced when they have been contacted from loved ones from the other side of the veil. I, oh, I like this one very, very much. Finding a white feather can be a sign from our loved ones in spirit, meaning unconditional love. And that is by Julie Smythe. So remember that. You, uh, feathers are a huge thing. Coins are a huge thing. So remember those two for sure. And, um, don't, don't uh, just say, oh, you know, found a penny, pick it up. All day long, you'll have good luck. Pennies are, pennies from heaven are a huge, huge sign. So stay tuned. I'm going to take a quick break. And uh, when I come back, we're going to run right on into this. Okay. Be right back now.
Welcome back. And if you're just tuning in, tonight we are in Season 6, Episode 7. How to recognize when your loved one is reaching out from beyond the veil. Here we are. I've come up with roughly seven signs that your loved one is around you. So if you want to take this opportunity to get a pen and some paper, go ahead and do that. Don't forget to grab your favorite beverage because I'm taking a sip right now. Nothing fun, it's just water. Okay. The first one that uh, a lot of people that I've talked to in my line of work have experienced multiple times is scents and aromas specific to deceased loved ones. Now, I know that in my own life, when I'm doing readings for people um, and they are wanting a mediumship reading, a lot of times I will smell something specific to the person they are wanting to connect with. Like if a person was known for her apple pie or if a person, uh, if their perfume had a specific scent or ingredient in it that stood out like roses or um, or if they were gardeners and, and I smell roses, things like that. One that I have personally experienced is um, years before my father passed, he had been a pipe smoker. He, he quit smoking pipes, you know, probably 25 years prior to his death. But there have been a, a couple of times since he died that I felt his presence and then smelled his pipe tobacco, which had kind of a a sweet, almost aromatic, apple spicy scent to it. And I knew I knew that he was around. So that was that was very cool of him to do that, considering he hadn't smoked a pipe in such a long time. Um you may smell things like um like when I know my grandmother is around, I will smell <laughs> I will smell a combination of cigarette smoke, Gina Tay after bath splash, and her perfume. And I don't recall what the name of her perfume was. I just know she loved it and applied it very liberally. <laughs> my, my mother used to say that my grandmother's perfume scent would stay in the couch uh, cushions for over a week after she had visited because it was she just bathed in it practically. She loved it, absolutely loved it. And so there have been times that I, in my sleep, will smell this combination of scents and then wake up to find her sitting on the end of my bed. That has happened to me countless, countless times. I I can't even tell you how many times I've seen my grandmother sitting on the end of my bed. And she, she's been gone a long time. She's been gone since 1984. It's always a pleasure to see her. She's a live wire. She can, 
absolutely fill the room with her presence. She's very loud, very uh, bolsterous, very fun. Her laughter is hilarious. Um, But to be awoken with those senses, always kind of like, what the hell? Who's smoking in the house? (laughs) Okay, the next sign that you may experience is dreams of conversations with the deceased or dreams with messages from a deceased loved one. I did a whole episode on uh, visitation dreams, and I think that was in my very first season. So you can uh, scroll back on your favorite listening platform and take a look because I now have well over 50 episodes to choose from. But that one that one gets a lot of traffic. A lot of new listeners seem to start there. They're very interested in it. There are some visitation dreams where they will just stand and smile at you or wave at you or hold out their arms like they want to embrace you. There are other uh, types of, of uh, visitation dreams where they are carrying a message for you. Like they'll give you a sign or a symbol that someone's expecting a baby. And when, you know, in the next week or so, you will you will find out that that is indeed true. Or they will just have a message for you. Like, you know, you need to forgive yourself. Um, it wasn't your fault. You know, they'll release you from that angst that you've been carrying around or guilt you've been carrying around. Pay attention. I um, I don't have visitation dreams often, but I, I'm always very interested in hearing about other people's experiences with visitation dreams. I do get, um, I have more insight into the precognitive dreams than I do with visitation dreams. I don't know whether it has to do with the length of time that I sleep or the depth of my sleep patterns, but if you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, you know I definitely have had a lifelong sleep disorder. (laughs) But my husband, the TBG, uh, he has great visitation dreams and he lost his mother Uh, when he was 14 and you know that's been quite a long time ago he's now he's now 68 and um, he did have a visitation dream from her recently which is always a thrill to me because I know just how much she absolutely adored her and to know that she's still around and she still has the ability to communicate with him and that he's open enough to to be responsive and listen and enjoy them is a wonderful gift for him. So uh, don't uh, don't discredit those dreams as just you know a dream manifestation or just a dream that you know because you were thinking about the person. They come through while you're sleeping because that's the easiest way for them to communicate with us. It takes a lot less energy for spirit to communicate with us when we are asleep. In the movie, The Sixth Sense, um, that 
you know, that was talked about and, and they're, they weren't making that up. It's absolutely 100% correct. Okay. Number three, butterflies. Oh yes. Butterflies either as messengers or spirit manifestations. Have you ever thought of them being either or either? Um, I did an episode last winter. I think it was the first episode of of, um, this calendar year. Butterflies and and rainbows. For my neighbor next door, Krista, when her mother was getting ready to cross, I received a message from her that whenever she is thinking about her, whenever Krista is thinking about her mother, to look for the yellow, uh, the yellow butterflies. The rainbow, the rainbow manifestation came directly after her death. But the interesting thing is, is that she passed in the late fall. We didn't have, you know, butterflies at that time because things were starting to hibernate. They had flown elsewhere, you know, plants were dying. We didn't have a lot of activity of insect life in our yards. But within an hour of her passing, I believe, Krista said that she saw an enormous yellow butterfly hovering and looking at her through the window in their main room. And then later that same day, she was taking her dog for a walk and saw like five more. They were all trailing around her. And she said that, especially when the large one just kept hovering and peering at her in the window, she felt this wonderful warm connection and knew immediately that was her mother. And she was, um, it was like a spirit manifestation of her mother letting her know, I'm with you always. I'm with you. I'm here and I'm okay. I'm absolutely okay. And it wasn't until she went back to Michigan that uh, the real, the real interesting things started to happen. The next time she saw a butterfly was she was sitting on a wall in a park with a couple of members of her family And she was just, it was a perfect day. It was a gorgeous, and it was warm for the fall, especially in Michigan. And she looked down and she saw a yellow butterfly hovering around her ankle. And then she looked up and an entire field was covered in hovering yellow butterflies. And she looked at her sister-in-law, her sister-in-law looked at her, and they both looked out at these butterflies, and they were both thinking the same thing. Oh my God, she would have loved this. She absolutely would have loved this. And that's how it works, peeps. That's how it works. And don't chalk it up to, you know, coincidence, because as I've said many times, there's no such thing as coincidence. No coinky-dinkies. You can't make this stuff up. This is real. This is how it works. This is how spirit communication works. It's as simple as that. Sometimes I think we make it to be 
way more complicated than it ever has to be. And we are so engulfed in grief at times that we miss, we miss the subtlety. We miss the subtle communication that they are giving us. Those wonderful things that we're looking for. We may be looking in the wrong direction because it's right in front of you. Okay? All right. The next is electrical interferences. (laughs) And I know too well how this works. Good grief. A lot of people believe that spirits must tap into an energy source in order to manifest into the physical. And the easiest power source is electricity. So if you're experiencing flickering lights and there's no storm, um, light bulbs may suddenly go out and need to be replaced, battery-powered equipment and devices may experience a sudden loss of power, Uh, Batteries drain rapidly and um, then they won't recharge fully. All of these are a direct message from your loved ones that uh, they're around. I have experienced every single one of these and then some. Especially from my son, my oldest son, Nick, who passed four years ago. And there have been numerous times while I am trying to record this show for you all that he has messed with my recording devices or he has messed with the capability of it retaining what I have already recorded. It's a bit frustrating. I try not to get too upset and I just chalk it up to, well, that was a nice little visit. Thanks, Nick. Said with a little bit of sarcasm (laughs) and a lot of laughter. And, you know, I just realized TBG has been commenting quite a bit that his phone has not been retaining a charge for very long. And Nick loved cell phones. He loved all things electronical. He loved all electronical gadgetry. And... I'm, I think I should mention to him when, I, when I'm finished doing the show, have you thought about maybe recognizing, you know, whenever you see your battery down? Okay, Nick, I see you. I hear you. I see what you're doing here. Thank you for letting me know you're around. Because oftentimes, once we acknowledge what, what they're doing, then they don't feel they need to do it quite as often at least not that particular one. If it's going to be a problem with your stuff always, you know, losing power, you may ask them, you know, can you do something else instead of messing with my electronics? Um, You know, politely, just be polite. Because I, um, I'm going to go a little off, off uh, on a tangent here on my, on my spirit soapbox. I get a little frustrated. I I love the paranormal shows. Don't get me wrong. I love them. But I don't agree with some of the groups that want nothing more than to antagonize the spirit in order to get a reaction. I think that that is 
extremely disrespectful. And I think you have to remember, you know, if you're going in on their turf, if you're going in to do some kind of of a ghost hunt or some kind of, um, you know, you're going in to do an examination of the area, remember that you're going in on their turf. Be polite. You don't need to antagonize to get a reaction. And the other thing that I have a problem with is that these groups seem to like to always go in at night. And I am of a firm stance that if you've got paranormal activity going on in your environment, that is going to occur any time of the day or night. It doesn't matter what time it is. It doesn't have to be dark. You don't have to be wearing a carbide lamp on your head in order to to see these manifestations of their being there. It's going to happen around you regardless. It doesn't have to happen at night. It doesn't have to be scary. I I find that some of the best... Uh, spirit uh, reactions that I have witnessed personally have happened in the daytime. And it, I mean, I'm not looking for something scary because I think that, uh, I don't know, that's going into a dark place, literally and figuratively. I prefer to stay on the lighter side of investigation. So, not to not to knock the uh, the other paranormal people. It's just not my method. It's not my style. It's not how I work. But if it works for them, great. I just don't agree personally with trying to antagonize the spirit world in order to get a rise out of them or get some kind of reaction out of them. I think that's being rude and disrespectful. But that's just me. That's just me. That's not how I work. Okay, now I'm off my soapbox. (laughs) The next one, this is number five, pet reactions. Pet reactions. And I've done uh, an episode on spirit and and, uh, pets. And I happen to have uh, three pets. But only one of them really is spirit attuned. He, and he has shown that from a very small puppy. Uh, he's now five, and that's Jersey Boy. And he is very adept at recognizing when a spirit is in our presence, which is always fun. He's an interesting little guy to watch. Um, and nine times out of ten, it's my son visiting. And... Uh, it's always the same reaction. He's usually sound asleep and all of a sudden the hackles will just go up on his neck and back and he'll lift his head and he'll look. And the first place he always looks is what used to be Nick's place at the dining room table. And then, you know, he'll go wandering into the living room and he always checks the chair first and he'll go wandering through the living room and he'll you know, then he'll get down like in a playful stance, like, oh, it's just you again. Okay. I've learned, I've learned to know that you're not 
problem. But he used to bark his freaking head off all the time when Nick showed up because he never got to meet Nick in life. Um, So that's how we kind of knew, yeah, this isn't somebody he's known. This is a new face to him or presence to him. And he... uh, he's being cautious. The other spirit that hangs out occasionally is our, um, is our big cat Petey, who died a few years ago, who was very good friends with Jersey. They were very, very good friends. And, and he, his hackles don't go up at all when Petey's around. He immediately drops down to a play stance and does these great little yips. They're very fun to watch. And he's actually playing with them. He's very joyful that he's around. And um, yeah, my other dog, Tank, is oblivious. And so is our cat, Rizzy. So uh, yeah, um, if you have an animal that senses things, you know, keep a little journal. See what uh, see what they may be reacting to. Do you feel a presence when they react? Um, you know, it's it's interesting to just kind of keep tabs on it and see if there's anything of relevance there. Don't be afraid to uh, to do your own little investigating. You know, if things are going on with your house and and your pets. The next one is objects out of place. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Spirits like to play jokes on us. They like to play tricks on us just as a way of communicating and getting our attention. I have had objects be moved and put in the oddest places. I have had, um, I have had things that I have previously previously lost reappear in an odd place and I I did talk about this um, when I did a a second episode that was dedicated to Nick I had a ring that I had lost before he died and there was one day I walked into the bedroom and I saw something shiny and I saw a I saw that ring on the floor in a place that I had vacuumed and swept and swiffered hundreds of times since it had uh, gone missing. So there's no way I had missed it. And it ha- was up on end with the jewel on top, like somebody was holding it in place with a finger so that I couldn't miss it because it, the light danced off of it immediately when I walked in the room. So things like this do happen. I've had my keys moved from where I always leave them and they'll be over on an ottoman or they'll be over across the room on the dining room table, which I never place them there. So watch for things like that. Watch for things like that. And the other thing too, feathers. Feathers and coins show up in odd places. Um, They don't say pennies from heaven for no reason. The first year after Nick passed, I found pennies and white feathers literally everywhere. Everywhere. And there was no rhyme or reason. And Dennis would find, you know, TBG would find feathers. Everybody was finding feathers and pennies. 
Then it went on to dimes, which I was like, yeah, we're getting up there in the, in the money. <laughs> this is very cool. So people that, you know, think, oh, these are just everyday objects. Think about where you're finding them. You know, they purposely put them in a place that's out of the ordinary. So you will know this is not an ordinary thing. This didn't just happen. It happened because they placed it there for you. Okay? Okay. And the last thing is music. Music. You may often hear their favorite song or a song that you both enjoyed together or a song will repeatedly come up on your playlist on the day they passed or on their birthday or on a special occasion. My aunt told me a great story that she experienced after her son passed away. They had gone to Georgia to get his condo ready uh, to sell. And he had a, you know, one of those 1980s, 1990s boom boxes, old fashioned boom box. And she thought, hmm, you know, I could use that while I am doing my floral arrangements for weddings. I think I'll take that. So, you know, she got back up to New York and um, brought it down to her basement. And she was like, oh, I'm going to have to reset the radio stations to the ones that are local here because these are all Georgia radio stations. I'm not going to be able to find anything. And she thought, well, I'll just, I'll just hit the buttons and see which, you know, see if there's anything there. So she hit the buttons, you know, for I think the five different stations he had saved previously. And his favorite song was Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. And as she hit each station, one by one by one, every single station were simultaneously playing Sweet Caroline. And what a gift from my cousin Bob to his mother. It was just fantastic to hear that story from her. I really, really enjoyed it. So that is all I have for this evening. I want to finish off with a lovely, lovely quote about butterflies. Butterflies, the embodiment of myth, the articulation of the past, first for the elite, then for the rest of us. And that is by Brian D'Ambrosio. Oh, yeah, butterflies, butterflies. I still see all kinds of butterflies and I know immediately that that is from Nick. Yeah. Mm, Dang. I just got a little bit of a chill. If you are new to my show, I do have a website and that is by the same name, thedollsspiritedadventures.com. The email associated with that is thedoll48 at hotmail.com. The I'm on about mm, 10 different listening platforms around the globe. And the platform that I use to record my show is Anchor. 
and uh, they are just a wonderful, wonderful service. So they are responsible for uploading to all of the platforms. So I don't, um, I don't upload to my website very often because I'm on so many different platforms and I'm on um, Twitter, which is at the doll 48 and also on um, Instagram at the doll 48. And I do upload my links for those for an episode every time I record and it's published. So for, for, if you're new to the show, um, that's where you can find me or you can choose the listening platform of your choice and just look for my show on there. And then you can subscribe if you wish, and it'll alert you whenever a new show has been published and is uploaded for your listening pleasure. Okay? All right. Well, I hope you have enjoyed the show, and I hope that you have a great week. Tomorrow's Tuesday. We're moving right along, right? Thank you for you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being here and supporting what I do. I really, really appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you have a fantastic week. And we'll see you on Saturday because this doll is going to take you on another adventure. Have a wonderful rest of your week, everybody. See you next time. Bye now. Thank you.